When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome to the Football Digest weekly podcast and a, a real Euro special for you this morning because um, we are looking forward to the Battle of Britain, England v Scotland. What a game to get the uh, to get everything pumping! Really fantastic occasion at Wembley tomorrow night, uh, and we're going to have a deep, in-depth look at it. The permutations, the rivalries. It's the oldest, longest running uh, grudge match, I think, in international football, and cannot wait for it. Um, and so delighted this morning that um, I'm joined by the gang. It's Jeremy Cross, uh, Chief Sports Writer of the Daily Morning. Star, Andy Dunn, Chief Sports Writer of the Daily Mirror, and Matt Dunn, Sport Aficionado of the uh, Daily Express. Good morning to you guys. Um, and and really, what, what a fantastic occasion, uh, really, building up to this. You know, I mean... It does feel as if it's been a long, long time coming. Blimey. I mean, we waited a year already and an extra, you know, it feels like it's, it, the, the run-up has been, has taken forever, frankly. And what an occasion. Jeremy, what do you, how do you envisage this one playing out really? Who's it, who's it bigger for? Is this bigger for England or for Scotland now going into tomorrow night? <laughs> Well, look, I mean, it's clearly a bigger game for, I don't want to sound sort of patronising, but it's a bigger game for Scotland because they need to win it. You know, they lost to the Czechs on Monday. So, you know, another defeat on uh, on Friday night and they're out of the tournament pretty much. So, um, you know, it's it's probably a bigger game for Scotland than it is England. Um, but when you get, the, you get the sense from England, though, that this is the game that they've been really... Looking forward to the most since the draw was made, however long ago that was. I remember when the draw was made for the group stages, and that was, this was the game that stood out, you know, for obvious reasons. Uh, Neighbours, old enemies, the cliches are, you know, thick and fast this week. Um, Scotland haven't beaten England since 1999, I think. So, um, you know, England go into it with everything to lose and nothing to gain, really, apart from the fact that, you know, if they win, they're, they're through and probably will win the group. But, you know, all the pressure's on England. There's no pressure on Scotland, really, because no one, no one gives them really a, a realistic chance of winning the game. So, you know, I hope Scotland come down and um, really uh, make a game of it and don't feel in, intimidated, you know, and play, play, play with some sort of aggression and um, ambition. And it should make for a great contest. And obviously, we've got twenty of thousand supporters inside Wembley. So, you know, it would have been great. It would have if it had it been full. But um, it still should be a great atmosphere. So, you know, it's one, it's one to relish really. But I just fear that if England get on top early, you know, and dominate the game, they might run away comfortable winners. Wow! Wow! You patronise away, my, you, yeah. You patronise away, my friend. You patronise away, <laughs> Andy. How do you how do you how do you see it? Because you know, Jeremy's right, isn't he? That Scotland do need that win, do need that win more. But that's surely that's that's only in terms of the actual result. 
I mean, this rivalry is 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 as passionate for both, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not you know. I mean, let's get this right. We do love to build up the rivalry, but it's you know, it's it's not. It's not like it's a, a regular rivalry. You know, bear in mind when we played them in 1996, it was for the first time in seven years. You know, it's been what four years now since we played them last. Um, you know, it's not like in the old days of the. For you, uh, very older listeners or what or viewers out there, the home championships is it? You know, I mean, people will long ago forgot forgotten that. So yes, it is. It, obviously, it's a great rivalry. It's a rivalry between England and Scotland, isn't it? Football or, or, or whatever you know, sport it might be, or not even sport, maybe. So so yes, um, and, and when you come to the idea, you know, the, the, they, I, I, I get where you come from. They need to win it. More, but I mean, I don't, I don't really think that's that's the case. I think every game, you know, no one has got any more motivation than anyone else. And you know, Scotland will still feel that even if they get beat on on um, on tomorrow, the, you know, there's still a there's still a chance of them going through because these four third place um, slots that are available. You know, if you get three points from your three games, then you'd be very unlucky not to get one of those four third place slots. So. You know they can they can still you know maybe qualify if they get beat by Ireland and beat Croatia in their last game. So I don't think it's do or die for them. Um, it's just going to be you know I mean it should just be a good what you what you know you look at it as a as a Premier League style game. That's that's what you're hoping for. And with so many Premier League players on show, you would think that that's what you'll you'll pretty much get. You know these are players who are very 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 familiar with each other. You know they're very England are very familiar with the threat. And the defensive capabilities of Andy Robertson. They know what Scott McTominay does. They know what John McGinn brings to the party. In the same way that those Scottish players know exactly, you know, I mean, Andy Robertson has been up against, say, um, you know, well, probably not on his side this time, but he knows exactly what the likes of Raheem Sterling and Harry Kane, the threat they pose. So there'll be a familiarity there. And I think it should be a good game because I thought that in the first game of Scotland, I mean, bear in mind they were undone by... You know, a set piece in the end. I know it was a second ball and an absolute worldie of a goal that, you know, despite Harry Kane suggesting he might uh, give her a crack, it's not going to be. That sort of goal is a once in a once in a tournament, once in a season goal. So they got done by those two and they missed some chances. And I thought they actually looked quite good going forward. I thought they looked, you know, quite ambitious. I, I think I thought they certainly looked a lot better when when uh, Shea Adams came on and I would expect mm. him to start. And I think that will make a difference. So I think it'll be quite a you, you, you envisage a, and I know it, it, it's a sort of, it, it maybe even a lazy analogy, but it, it, it's almost like one you'd expect sort of a a big six or an elite Premier League club, a, a Man City or Liverpool against you know a, a club that's got aspirations to get there. So you, you know. A, yeah, Man City versus Aston Villa or a Man City. Well, no, I like, I like Jeremy. I've heard your digs. I've heard your digs. Andy, I like your Man City Villa, but your Man City Villa analogy strikes me. I think it may be a little bit harsh on Villa, by the way. Everything we say sounds a little bit patronising, but that's a fact of the matter. Is The actual basic fact of the matter is that England have players... Of, of of you know I've said it before here that if you want to tot up the value of England's players or what they would be worth on the mm. transfer markets compared to what the value of Scotland players would be, they're obviously a, a great deal more more expensive, more valuable, and that's because they're rated high, more highly. So in, in other words, man for man, the squad is stronger. So the, the, it's not patronising to suggest that Scotland are, are the underdogs. 
But having said that, as I say, I thought they played extremely well in defeat. Um, on they played well, sorry, well, once extremely well in defeat um, against the Czech Republic. And I do like Steve Clark as a coach. I've said that before many times. I really, really do like him as a coach, and I think he'll have a plan at Wembley. Um, and um, I think you know if they can just keep a lid. Well, what I did think on, on about Scotland is that what they have to do, and all teams have to do this. But I thought they struggled a little bit just to keep a lid on that, a lid on that temperament, on that composure. You know, I, I thought they were, they'd sort of lost a little bit during that game. When I say lost it, they were a bit, it's hard to be over-exuberant, but they were, you know, and in the end, it was actually Andy Robertson, of all people, because he's, you know, can be one of the most guilty. He was having to tell his players to, to calm down, to concentrate on their job in the team, to be tactically disciplined. And I think that's what the key will be on, fr- on Friday night, is the, is the who, you know, basically sticks to the game plan. Ultimately, yeah. Matt, Hmm. Scotland are a smaller nation than England. They don't have as big a pool of talent to, to choose from. So, you know, that's why... You that's can't why England, that, Jeremy. It's not allowed. Yeah. Well, they're physically a smaller country than England. Yeah. And, all, and also, look at the FIFA rankings. FIFA rankings, that's what... Rankings don't yeah. lie, across it. Mate, Switzerland... Rankings, I mean, honestly, I'm not having those. I mean, bear in mind, Switzerland, where what? I mean, what have Switzerland been? I don't know what they are now. Well, I, they, keep they, on, I keep on being top told 10 and we're one of the worst sides I've seen in the tournament. Hmm? Right. Switzerland basically play the rankings game, don't they? What are they up to now? Second in the world? I mean, no. it's, I mean I'm, I'm being slightly facetious, but it's just, no, no. I mean, you know, for years they were steady eighth, weren't they? Years. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. And yet, you're thinking, uh, hello? Where, how, did, how did that happen? But they played the FIFA yeah. rankings game. Anyway, that's another yeah. issue. But Matt, Matt, I, I was going to come to you a minute ago, so apologies. But it, um, we were we both, you know, were on that that, that Zoom to Marcus Rashford yesterday, mm. and I thought it was really interesting his his rabble rousing comments at the, at, at the start, just how much he was saying it meant to the players. I mean, you you know me, I'm a bit of a tub thump when it comes to England and sort of get passionate about it. But I was really, really impressed and refreshed that it means every bit as much to, you know, every every sort of player in the England camp as it certainly does to the Scotland team. I think the big difference is, for all the players, is that Gareth Southgate did one of the, one of the key things he said he was going to try and do when he took over as England manager was remove the fear of playing for England. And the only thing, the biggest weapon at acting against England in the past against Scotland has been the fear that we're going to allow our noisy neighbours, our smaller noisy neighbours, as we've tried to establish, to, to get one over on us. And, and England players have sometimes gone out, you know, with that trepidation. You know, we were world champions when we lost to them. We were in the middle of Jubilee celebrations in 1977 and they came and beat beat England and then took most of Wembley back with them. Um, you know, those were the occasions when we were supposedly on the top of the world uh, and allowed Scotland to put one over on us. What I think about this group of people is that they're not frightened about playing for England. They, they want to give this, they see this as an opportunity, not not a worry to overcome a hurdle. And they want to give their, their Scottish teammates, in the club teammates, you know, a beating. Uh, and it's as simple as that. And they're not frightened of saying so. And yeah, like you say, Mark Bradford was just, you know, an example of that. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, he was really, you know, he was talking about history, wasn't he? He was talking about the biggest game of yeah. their lives. You know, he's saying that Southgate has impressed that upon them. Uh, you know, he was, he was up for it, Matt, wasn't he? Something, yeah, he was up, in terms of not being frightened of the biggest game of yeah. their lives, but 
embracing it as the biggest game of their lives. And yeah, I, it's all I, positive it, energy. We, I mean, I, we watched that Zoom at St George's Park, and, and and it was good, you know. But I mean, I have to say, I mean, do you really think Marcus Rashley's players are really? I've got any sort of um, passionate feeling about a long-standing rivalry with Scotland. I mean, let's face it. You know, we're, that's, what, that's what he said. That's what he said, Andy. Uh, that's, what, that's what he said. But really, how can you deny that was BPM? He's probably listen. There's probably no more a there's no more a deep seated rivalry between in in their eyes in the eyes of Marcus Rashford or Jude Bellingham or or, or you know Declan Rice or Mason Mount. There's probably no more bigger um, in the rivalry with Scotland. There's probably no no deeper, no more meaningful than it is with Croatia. You know, we've probably got more of a rivalry with Croatia over these over in their footballing lifetimes than we have with Scotland. Let's face it; oh, they're probably a, a, a more bitter enemy. You know, we probably have more rows with Croatia than we have with with Scotland, and you know, and, and let's let, look. Let's be honest. We we love harking back to '96. Most of these guys weren't even born then. You, you know, Gaz is a Gaz is a highlight reel. Gaz is a you, you know a sort of like a throwback, a, a history lesson for them. I know they pay lip service to this idea. I mean, let's 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 be honest. It it, it is just another game for them, really. You know, there will be no difference that they'll be thinking. You know that they play in Scotland than if they were playing any other nation. And, and bear in mind, you, you know the, the, the idea that the, the, the a different generation. The idea that we build up the, the, this up is, is great, but I don't really think you know when Rashford speaks, I don't really think he's going back. Oh, guess what? It's Scotland. You know this is different. It's not. It doesn't mean more. It's meaning less. Well, he's a blooming good actor because he got me. He is. He's a, yes, brilliant. And add, add, add acting to, to, his, to his list of talents. It's a BAFTA's the only thing he hasn't got. <laughs> well, he, he soon will have after yesterday's <laughs> performance, then, if, if you don't think he cares. Because he got me. I didn't yeah, say no, he, was, he was. He was strong. But I think yeah. they've been, they've been, that's what all the talking in Southgate's campus is about, all the background stuff that they do. It makes them strong for this week. And like you say, next week, the biggest game will be there their long-standing rivalry with the Czechs. You know, it's just really convenient this week that it's, it's something that can keep them focused, that Southgate uses as a tool. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, I think it's forgotten about just as quickly uh, well, as do, it's do, built up. But, but he was convincing this week. Hang on a minute. Do you, well, do you think Southgate has been going through the history of England and Scotland with these players? Yeah. I, do, I do think there's been Absolutely an element. Not, yeah. not a chance. No. He's been going through his tactics no, for the game. I think, there's been, I think there's been reminders around the around the camp, basically, oh, what, what it means. No, raps. Well, no, you I totally that. disagree. I, I, I think Gareth Southgate is a far more practical coach than to say, oh, guess what, we'll show you a video of this game or that game. Always oh, a video of Gaza's going to score. He's done it in previous camps, previous hoppers. He's done his show quite a lot. Uh, the the past what? glories of England to, to try. No, and get no, no. We had one for the legacy thing, and that's it. No. Oh, right. So, you, so we'll, we'll ask him tonight. Have you been showing videos of England Scotland games to the players? Well, there's pictures. There's pictures on the walls in the hotel. Of what? There's pictures England, on the walls. Scotland. Loads of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I know. I think it, I think it's great. I'll tell you what. I think the FA if Marcus Rashford, Marcus Rashford, and Mason Mount and Declan Rice. Huh? Look at the way St George's Park is decorated. St George's Park is decorated, and, and they're giving it a bit of a, a bit of a rejig. St George's Park, even before now, decorated like some of the other adorned with pictures of great England moments. Well, and sure I love that. 
And I love the fact that there's a constant reminder there of what England means. And I think it's great. That's part of Gareth Southgate's charm for me. He's been able to, you know, embrace the past and get get it going and make it relevant and tell the players this is what it means. Yeah. While I mean, also, I mean, I mean, also I, mean, I think Matt Riley points out, not make the players scared or intimidated. He's got he's got the balance right. So you, they know what history means. They know what it means. But at the same time, they're not scared of that. I think it's great. I think it's. I think it's all. all, all I mean. I mean. Listen. Let's let's put it this way. I, I, I. What what? It's not like England's any different. I mean, what if you went to any single? Team headquarters of any national team. Do you think they wouldn't have pictures of their past in there? I mean, what it means for England, the legacy. Well, it's the same with any other country. Anything. I mean, what you do in your house, you put pictures of yourself and your family around the house and your your past. It's just normal. The idea that he's going to sit down and go through old England Scotland games with these players. If Marcus Rashford, Declan Rice, and Mason Mount need inspiration from watching a video of 1996, then then we really are struggling. And they don't. They don't. They, they, they just think, hang on a minute, we know these guys. I've played against McTominay. I've played against them. This is a game. They're not thinking, you know, as I say, the idea that this means more. And and I do like, you know, I, I like that everyone buys into the, the Southgate saying what, what it means to play for England. But mm. you could say, you know, every single national team manager, I mean, do you not think that they have like, you know, that's why they have like, that's why Germany will have four stars on the share. You know, they, they, they respect their history and England are doing no more, no less than anyone else. Well, all weekend, all weekend, the yours and mine paper has been running <laughs> players recalling, you know, incredible Battle of Britain games from yesteryear. Are you saying that you're not interested in the least? I am interested. <laughs> yes. I am interested. But what I'm saying is, is that, is that the, the players themselves, the players themselves, I I, I mean, and, and they, listen, I, th- I think to a certain extent, they will pay lip service to it because you can't expect these, or you can't believe to, that these young players are absolutely sort of brought up on some, like, you know, fierce rivalry between England and Scotland. That is just not the case. These players... You, you know, are, are incredibly professional. And, 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 and when they say, don't forget, they will sort of mention the rivalry, they'll go into that, but they will always say, the caveat will be, well, you know, it is, you know, literally just another game that they have to get right tactically. They have to look at Scotland, not as some, some old, like, enemy sort of from, from north of the border. They look at them as in how they play, the way they'll approach the game, how they will nullify the threat of, say, Andy Robertson, how they would deal with Lyndon Dykes, how best to expose their defence. And it, it's down to that, isn't it? It's not down to, to, to whether or not we can, we, we can, you know, any any age old rivalry. Cool, Lonnie. Well, first well, you're right, Andy, but, the, but the rest is the gloss on the top, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. not, yeah. The, the, it's not. I it's, love it's it, man. I think you do as well. I yeah, think absolutely. you do as well. I love it. I love the history. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. I love it. Yeah, not, great. I'm, Good I'm, on you. Good on you. I'm not. I'm not saying I don't like it. What I'm trying to say is, is, is the idea that these younger players will be in any way inspired yeah, yeah. or intimidated or affected by it. That's what I'm trying to say. These young players yeah. will not be A, inspired, overly inspired, B, overly affected or overly intimidated by the history of the fixture. They, 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 will, they won't. It will, not, it will not matter a jot to them. That's what I'm trying Look, to say. Look, I, I think it's interesting because... I, I think it's so interesting we'll because that anyway, Jack Grealish celebrates you doing the dentist chair. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, honestly, I do, do that. Euro 96, we've seen so much of Euro 96 ourselves in the build up to this. Yeah. 
because it seems so pertinent, doesn't it? Second game in the group, you know, it's kind of, you know, could be could be quite a big, you know, big, big win. Obviously, England didn't win their first game in the in, in the in the no. Euro '96. Uh, drew with Switzerland, and then goes into into this second game. It was a big game for both. It's just I don't know. Evokes so many, evokes so many memories and so many. So many things, and I, I've enjoyed it. I must say that I'm not, I'm not the, as you guys will know, I'm not the biggest lover of kind of, you know, all our yesterday's pieces. And I think that, you know, I, I, you know, try not to do them each, each and every time if, if you like. But I do think that, you know, Euro 96 seems relevant and seems close. And sort of, you look at those teams, England had then a much better team. A you know a group of individuals more all rounded Scotland I have to say as, as a team as a unit had better quality had better individuals didn't they but I do think that basically there was still a gap I still felt you know between England and Scotland it's a game that should be winning and everyone knows what happened but there has to be some relevance there and I think that basically the one the one aspect there that you can shine a light onto into in, you know and and provide knowledge from former players is, is that rivalry and what happens because i think form quality everything goes out the window and it becomes like a premier league derby game i really do yeah. what do you think the scarf crossing mean nil or nil nil because yeah well, I would like to think that England will win, but I actually think that it will be a passionate game. It will be a furious, fast game. And I think that basically until England can, can, can try and control that game, then Scotland will be in the game. If, if Scotland make it so it's so fast and so bloody and so furious, then basically England won't control the game at all. And that's when you get... And that's when you get maybe the chance of an upset. And I do still think there's a chance of an upset. Well, England should win, right? But basically, I do think it will be it will be frenetic, to say the least, really. But yeah, go on, Jeremy. What do you think? I think England will win three 0 <laughs> Thanks for that. Goal! <laughs> it'll knock the puff out of Scotland because that's all they've got, really. And it often puff. Which exactly so, is what happened last time Scotland went to Wembley. We all remember the Harry came and the free kicks and everything else up at Hamden. But it was the biggest. Yeah, you know, they came at us in their pink shirts for about fifteen minutes at Wembley, and this was this was an England team that had just drawn with Slovenia and struggled to beat Malta two um, nil. Uh, with Gareth Southgate as temp- as caretaker as um, as uh, supply teacher, um, and uh, you know half the fans had left at half time against Malta because we couldn't score against them, and we just walked to a three 0 win that that night. And you know we weren't even we forget what the Scots were like. We weren't very good then. Um, it'll be the same again, I think. England are a far better side now than they were back then. Mm. Who are England? England are uh, England are a good team. I'm not saying that they can win the Euro. They can win the Euros, but I don't think they will. But I think they're a far better side than they were a few years ago. They're a far mm-hmm. better side than they were when they got to the World Cup semi-finals. Mm-hmm. You Scotland, see, Matt, Matt's, Matt's touched on it there. See. That, Matt, Matt's touched on it there. That's where he, well, that's where Gareth Southgate gets his uh, watching videos from, really. He's a supply teacher, so he just get, finishes off each class with, there uh, go, absolutely watch a video. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. I, um, look, I, I, the, the, uh, England and um, you know do, how are they going into this game? Because I, I have to say, I thought we did touch on this the other day, but I thought England's performance and their win was so controlled and so 
you know, so impressive against Croatia, really. I know it was 1-0, it wasn't fluid and flowing, but they got the job done. They they were absolutely professional, weren't they, Andy? Yeah, no, very good. I, I actually don't think they got um, the credit they deserve for that performance. I, I, I really don't. I don't think Raheem Sterling got the credit he deserved for his performance and his goal. I don't think John Stones and Tyro Mings maybe got the credit for their performance at the back. I think Declan Rice was relatively unsung. That's understandable because it wasn't spectacular. But I thought it was good. I mean, I, I thought it was good. You, you know, I, the, you know, there are all over the park. You can look for, you can quibble about certain things, you know. And, and Kyle Walker's performance, in a way, sort of summed it up for me. He had probably one of the best bad games I've seen. I mean, he was terrible in terms of in terms of his distribution, you know, he, he literally was shanking everything. He couldn't kick the ball straight. Yet, I came away so I'm thinking, yeah, he still managed somehow to have a decent game. He, he nullified, you know, most of the threat down that side. He was a physical presence. He was he was good defensively. Yeah, yeah, you know, if you looked at him and you thought, well, actually, what really stuck in your mind is, is, is how bad two or three of his passes were. Um, and I think that sort of summed it up. England was sort of really, really deceptively good I think in that first game that's what I like to press they, they're they like you know and, and Croatia you know, had a little bit of um, pressure late on but I always thought England were quite in control I think control's the word and I think that Southgate would have been you know delighted with that they, I mean and they'll be looking for the same control on Friday you know regardless of the um, if any of these youngsters can remember way back before they were born but it's it's and I think that that sort of bodes well for the tournament. And also with the players, the way they were so disciplined, you know, Rice was so disciplined to, to, to keep holding as he did really deep, allowing Phillips and Mount to sort of to press on. It just looked a very tactically disciplined performance on, on against Croatia last Sunday. Um, and that's what will please him most, I'm sure. I mean, it'd be yeah, nice to so- have a bit more flair, you know. I, 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 you know, we weren't, I mean, you know, Harry Kane didn't get in the game, Phil Foden, had a bright 10 minutes and then and then pretty much faded from faded proceedings. From me, yeah. That's the area in particular, I think, you know, that, that, that you'd look at now if you were going to make changes. But again, you are, you know, you, you're quibbling over small things there, really, because because everyone contributed to a to what was a very, very professional performance. Seeing mm. a game now, John, is is a talent, isn't it? It's a, it's a skill, yep. it's a mark from all Definitely. the best teams now to do it, now to finish off a game, keep it tight for the last 20 minutes. That's what England did. And I thought it was significant that he brought Bellingham on to help us do that. You know, a 17-year-old kid who's won less than a handful of caps and he came on and, you know, anchored midfield and, you know, we just cruised, cruised through really to the end. I mean, I didn't, mm. can't recall Pickford being put under any extreme pressure, having any worldy saves to make. So it's a good sign that because we've all been at tournaments down the years where England have conceded goals late goals that's cost them dearly in the end so it's it's a skill that Southgate's embedding in the team mm. Mm. so Matt would you would you change it would you change a winning team and where would you change it if you if you did Greenish. yeah I'm, uh, yeah I, no I would but this is a game for Greenish I think if we have to have one game oh unbelievable oh I never thought Greenish. I'd see the day well, you, it's only, it's only you boys would bring Gaza back, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, I think against the Scotland team. Um, I tell you what does remind you is for all the comparisons that we we like to make, watching back the, these Euro '96, uh, you know, memories and whatever, and seeing the wider picture, um, how good a player Gaza was. And I think you have to watch that tape of his him and his pomp. 
not so much 96, but earlier in his career as well. So when yeah. we make these cheap comparisons, he could be the new Gaz. I think every so often it should be compulsory watching to watch a, a Gaz tape just to remember just how good he was. But um, but if you, if you want a poor man's Gaz, then you've got Jack Grealish. So, but I would bring him on to add a little bit more invention, which I think was lacking a little bit from England's performance, although they ticked all the boxes they needed to. There was no one doing anything unexpected, really. Uh, and I also think that I think Southgate's planning it as a campaign, as, as I said, I think last uh, time we got together, I think he is going to rest players to make sure they're fresh enough to go through the tournament and be fresh in the late stages, which is, I think, where we failed in Russia. We weren't fresh enough in those last games because we relied too much on the same players. So I think Grealish gets to go. I think we, we get a left back with a left foot um, to, to add an attacking dimension, perhaps bring yeah. Kane into the game a bit more because there was nothing coming in from wide. Um, and uh, And possibly even... Give Carl Walker a rest on the right, and or get him moving forward further to get just a bit more width into the team, which was was lacking. So, um, so yeah, I do think there will be a few changes. Maguire, it'll be interesting to see uh, what part, if any, he plays. The, the fact that he's been uh, making public appearances this week suggests that he he might be closer, or England wants us to feel that he's closer uh, than we've perhaps been writing. So it'd be interesting to see if he has a part to play and uh, and what Henderson can do as well. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see three or four changes in the in starting lineup just to keep things looking fresh. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, it's, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating thing about what he's going to do. I mean, myself and Jeremy were in, were in a group of us who sat down with um, Harry Maguire yesterday. And, you know, he, he, he's, there's no... You know, there's no there's, there's no room for for doubt. He says he's 100 percent ready and desperate to start the game. You know, and he is his go-to centre half. He's his number one choice centre half. He's a great leader. He would, you know, the, the, I mean, again, without generalising, the type of game he'd relish. You know, quite it should be quite a high tempo, blood and thunder game. That's the type of thing that he would relish. Surely, though, Southgate is going to be wary about about just putting him straight back in. However, if he's fit, if he's fit, then why not play him? No, because I mean, what are you waiting for? You're not going to bring Harry Maguire. You're not going to use him as say, say in the same way as Henderson. You might think, well, he's coming back from injury. I'll I'll bring him on for 20 minutes. You know, at the end of a game, you're not going to do that, Maguire. No, Maguire, Maguire had the start, or he doesn't play as far as I can see. I mean, unless there's an emergency injury to a centre half, then he's not going to come on. You know, to shore things up or whatever. So you know, he is he's a player he trusts immensely. You know, and so so does he. Personally, if Maguire's fit, as he is absolutely adamant, one hundred percent, he is. I'm playing Maguire and Stones as the centre halves. Yeah, if he's Andy, if he's not quite fit, and mm-hmm. that becomes apparent, he can bring him off, put Mings yeah. on, and he's still got four more substitutes to make. Yes, uh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I, I would also, I agree, I agree with Donny. I would, well, from the start, I would have played Grealish. I would personally would play. Greenish instead of um, Foden. I've said this before. I just think that he would get the better. He would get more out of Harry Kane. He would give us, you know, just a, a more creative option there. Love Phil Foden, you know, but I just think that in that position, particularly where Southgate played him on Sunday, just doesn't suit him that much. And so I would prefer Greenish there. It goes without saying, you know, again, this is pretty obvious, but Greenish would certainly draw against, you know, the Scots and probably, you know, which is bound to be quite an aggressive approach. You probably, you know, you'd have to take an abacus to keep up with the fouls on, on Grealish had he played. My only reservation there is that I think that it, it, it's been completely underplayed that Grealish missed training on 
on Tuesday. You know, it was just sort of, you know, the FA line was there. Oh, it's all part of his program. Well, how come he's still on the program when he's been, you know, when he's been back for six weeks and, you know, you're four days before a huge game and he's not training with the rest of the squad. I'm still not sure about that Southgate has great faith in his fitness. I don't think he's got great faith in Grealish full stop, to be perfectly honest with you. So that's why this is my team. So my team is Maguire in for uh, Mings and Grealish in for Foden. And I, and I, I'm I'm still, I'll, I'll, I'll happily stick with Trippier left back and, and Walker at right back, um, and and they will be my two changes for, for this game. Interesting, interesting. Mm. Jeremy, you, you, you know you. Yeah, I'd go along with most of that. I think if, if Maguire is fit, then why not play him? He's, he's not played for seven weeks, but he's got to come back at some point. Mm. This is the sort of game he would probably revel in, isn't it? You know, like Dunny said, a really physical game. Um, that's that's one of his strengths, you know, because it's a big unit. So it's, it would be harsh on Mings because I thought he played really well yeah. on um, Very on on Sunday, and we're all doubting his selection. But you've got to be you've got to be brutal at this level, aren't you? If you yeah. you've got to leave players out who don't deserve to be left. So um, I would start Maguire. Um, I would leave Walker out and pick Reese James on the right. I think I'm a big fan of Reese James. I think he's. He's a really, really good player. And he's got a similar pace. He's not quite as quick as Walker, but he's got a lot of pace. So I think Walker, Walker's speed is his main asset. And I think that's mainly why he gets picked. Um, but he's a really quick Walker. But Jay, I would go with James. And I think up front, you need to pick a team that's going to bring the best out of Harry Kane. It's a big, I know it sounds crazy, but it's quite a big game for Kane, really, because he was, he was disappointing on Sunday. If he has another poor game, then it's going to become an issue, isn't it? You know, the yeah. captain's not firing. Is mm. he fit? Is he tired? You know, we all saw how he tailed off in Russia towards the end of that tournament. You know, he looked absolutely spent by the end of that tournament. So, you know, we need to get... And Grealish, Grealish and Kane do link up well. So, Absolutely. yeah, I, I think Grealish would be well suited to this game. But, I mean, you've got to make two or three changes because... England planning on going deep in the tournament, so you know you've got to. You can't pick the same eleven every 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 game. It's just not feasible, really. So you've got to make clever tweaks. And Southgate, you know, he'll work it out. He'll he'll he'll, he'll do what's right. Yeah, but sure, no, sure, sure. If, if I, I have to best. say, I think you. Sorry, go on. I'm just going to say, don't you um, don't you rest? Don't you you know you you if you think that Sunday was your best team, you play it again. I guess if you Southgate, and then you get the result, and then you rest them against the Czech Republic. I'm not sure. How many changes did Italy make last night? It's probably only one, was I think, from their opening game. Mm, yeah. thinking, anyway, perhaps it happened then. There, was some doubt, there was some doubt, wasn't there, about Giolini before the game. Yes, there was. Him, and then he there obviously came, comes off injured with yeah. a hamstring. But, but, you know, I mean, I mean, what, what, it, it's, it's, it's a toss-up, isn't it? You know? and, and then, you know, he, he'll think about momentum and stuff, but, you know, you would have thought that... that he won't necessarily rest people. He, as Matt says, he might have had in mind to, to play a different team in Scotland than he did against Croatia. You know, a horses for courses team. But I would have thought that he might play as, you know, if he thinks that's his best team, play that and then and then give some players a breather on um, Tuesday against the Czech I think Republic. Southgate yeah. was terrified of that Croatia midfield as something that yeah. could do something against him. So I do think he packed defensive players into that area, mm. which I think won't do so much against Scotland, which gives you scope then to have a greenish in the team rather than yeah. I mean both had great games but do we need Rice and Phillips for, for Scotland I well, don't think necessarily we do 
You can't leave Sir Calvin out, surely. You can't leave these, these play the 10 forwards. Just the play 10 forwards, you know, Scotland and New York. I'm joking, by the way. Oh, you don't um, need two no, defensive midfielders against I, Scotland, do you? Well, you don't, do I, I, do. I'll tell you what, I did. He didn't, didn't play. He didn't play Phillips as a defensive midfielder, no. did he? You know, let's, let's face it, he created the goal. He played box to box like he used to do, you know, before sort of Bielsa Golden, really. And, and he can do that. And, and it, it was a bit of a bit of a masterstroke, really, wasn't it? He played in advance of, of Rice. So I think he played a similar situation, similar, similar midfield, won't he? I think. What, what else yeah, would you do? Yeah. I mean, well, obviously, if you didn't have a Rice or a Phillips, it would allow you to play Grealish and Foden, I guess, you know. Mm. I think I have to say, guys, I'm I'm amazed that you two guys think that you know Maguire should come back. Absolutely staggered. Why? Because I just Why? think Mings played so well Sunday. And I just don't think Maguire can possibly be I know what he said, you know, but he's obviously got you guys, you know, he's sort of, I don't know whether they did a sort of bit of hypnotism, sort of, sort of looking to my eyes. In the middle of my mind. I'm fit, I'm one hundred percent. Um bang, you're back in the room. I mean, it's just come on, please. Please. He's got your hook line and sinker. Of course. He scream. Is he fit? No. What do you mean is he fit? No, he's out of fit or he's not fit, surely. I mean, I mean, as fit and as fit. Yeah, but then, well, how would you get a match fit? Reckless, reckless. Crossy, how would you get a match fit then? This is a tournament. You know, we're not going to give him a couple of games in the cup. You give him half an hour at the end of the check game. That's what you do. Half a time. No, I'm sorry, but I just thought Mings. Listen, I wasn't. I wasn't convinced in any way, shape, manner, or form about Mings right after the two friendlies. But I thought Mings was sensational. Something. You drop Mings. So, so you're picking on the basis of one game? Oh. No, I'm picking him on the basis of one game, plus the fact that um, Aaron Maguire hasn't played for him. But do you need to trial these options now? Because otherwise you come out of the group stages and your next game's against France and you're mm. thinking, right, do I go with Mings and Stones or an unfit Harry Maguire and Stones? I'm, I'm, I'm bare. Options that either of those seem great, to be honest. Mm. So... You've got to experiment I'm, a little bit more. You've got to, essentially, if England lose, God forbid, given everything we've said today, um, if England lose tomorrow night, we've actually got a free hit because we can go again and, and still qualify comfortably uh, by beating the Czech Republic. So, England you know, lose? Uh, well, it's Ali, but, okay. but yeah, I mean, it, 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 one it is a free England. hit. So why not try these things? Why not have a look at Maguire? You know, why not see a will want some game time in significant game time in Maguire with, a, with one eye on the last 16 games. It could be a France, it could be a Portugal. Yeah. And you don't want, you don't want Mings trying to stop killing Mbappe, do you? Let's be honest, that'd be just cruel. However many dark so cards, you know. He wants Maguire in that team for that last 16 game. And to get him in that team, he needs to play him as soon as he can. Play against I get, I get that it's a risk, but you've got to, you've got to start him at some point, haven't you? Yeah, but not to not to it's uh, too soon. Bear in mind, he's also like four or five days can make the world a difference. I think basically, it's bear in mind, he's all, he's also a sort of second captain, isn't he? You know, I mean, Harry Kane's the official captain, but when Harry Maguire plays, let's face it, he's captain for his club, and when he's on the pitch for England, he sort of I wouldn't say he assumes that role, but you know, we, we look at Maguire's the player you hear in the dressing room more than Kane, don't exactly. You? Yeah, Love, even in the other dressing room. Cakes. When you sat down with him, did he sort of bring up over King Cakes? He brought the ice cream out, pal. Yeah, we sat outside, you know, and it was one of these guys, you know? You know? Lime, lime, lime. Anyway, yes. I think you're so harsh on Tyrone Mings. I thought he was super Sunday. In well, no, 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 I think you kill, you kill a player if he plays that well and then you drop him. You kill him. 
No chance. Anyway, so I think we man picks best team. Shocker. Guys, I'm sure that on Monday afternoon, uh, amidst everything, we did see a fair bit of the Scotland game, did we not? I mean, just, you know, and what did we make of Scotland? I mean, you know, I mean, on another day, they could have easily won that game. By no means was that was that a sort of a comprehensive defeat. They're unlucky in many ways, weren't they? I mean, Andy Robertson. I mean, what a before, solo performance from him. But also in terms of the actual overall, we got a glimpse of the fact that Scotland are, are yeah. you know, are going to be competitive and going to going to be sort of battling on that pitch, aren't they? They're going to really work hard. Yeah, they're not just going to work on. I mean, I said this at the start, you know, I've got the utmost respect for Steve Clark and I think the way mm. he has gradually with Scotland you know, made them difficult to beat initially and has turned them into a team, you know, they're not going to come to Wembley and be negative. They're not going to turn up at Wembley and try and shut up shop and nick one on, on the break. You know, I think they'll be on the front foot. I really do. And you know, when you've got, you know, the type of players you just mentioned, then, then, then why shouldn't they be? They were unlucky on Monday. Um, unlucky to the extent, to the extent that they, you know, it, it depends. You're taking your chances is 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 the absolute integral part of the game. So if you don't take your chances, you don't put it down to bad luck. You put it down to poor finishing. And certainly, you know, there were one or two instances of poor finishing. I actually thought their goalkeeper played very well. By the way, I mean, I, I really did. I thought he was excellent, the Czech goalkeeper. And obviously, they've been done at the crucial point. You know, bear in mind that they just hit the bar. And you know, not long after, he, 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 you know, fair play for him. Uh, you can understand why why he has another go at goal from long range, and the ricochets out, and then and then who can legislate for an absolute dream finish? You can't. So there are. It's funny, John. If you want to go back to, to Maguire yesterday, he, he was pointing this out, saying, you know, there are moments, there are big, big moments in games that, that, that internationally in tournaments can decide games. And that was a big moment. You know, that was a big moment that you can't expect or you can't legislate for. And as I say, I, th- I, th- I thought they, they looked they look better when, with, with Che Adams on. Um, and, you know, listen, it, I didn't think, I mean, McGinn didn't have the, his greatest game by any stretch of the imagination on Monday. I was slightly disappointed with him. Um, but we know that, you know, he's had a good Premier League season. We know what McTominay's done. So by no means, what I like... I, what I'm looking forward to most about tomorrow's game is, is I do not think that they are just going to, Scotland is just going to come to Wembley to try and spoil. I think they will fancy the chances of winning this game. You know, I think they'll look at England's defence, even though England's defence, don't forget, has a remarkable record at the moment. They just can't stop mm-hmm. keeping clean sheets. You know, I mean, it, it's the likewise, aren't they? But they, they, they can't stop keeping clean sheets. But they'll look at them, knowing these players in the Premier League, and they'll think, you know, what, what will Scotland think? They'll be looking at, uh, they're so familiar with, say, John Stones, Tyra Mings, as he probably will play, and they'll be thinking, by me, you know, we can get at these two. We can definitely get at these two, which, you know, those of us who watch the Premier League week in, week out, know they probably can. So I expect it. I, you know what? I'm really expecting an entertaining game. I think it'll be, I think it'll be, you know, pretty end to end, really entertaining stuff. Yeah, Matt, where, where, where do you see, where do you see, um, where do you see kind of, you know, Scotland in terms of where can they improve? What can they do better? Uh, should they start with, with, with Shay Adams? Shay Adams, I'm oh, sorry, do you 
Yeah, no, I think, think so. And as Andy said, the big area they can improve and they're kicking themselves for not having improved is their finishing. Yeah. And it's all about for Scotland getting the ball in the net. Uh, and the way England played um, against Croatia, they were very good when they penned. They're very good at holding Croatia back. What they didn't do quite so well in the early exchange, I think, I thought was confidently knock the ball across the back four. And I think a few Scottish terrier-like forwards chasing that ball down yeah. could create the half a chance, which, as Andy says, they've then got to finish. And that's not beyond the realms. That I think that's the best chance Scotland have got of, of catching England out. And I think Steve Clark will know that uh, and, and build his team around that kind of idea. I think, yeah, I think I expect England to be chased around the back because... <laughs> We're not that confident on the ball. You know, it's not Beckenbauer at the back there. It's it's Tyrone Mings. And, um, you know, it is... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just not slick enough. You watch other international defences playing the ball. And, uh, well, the Carl Walker pass into touch, for instance. Yes. Which one? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> one? where he looked up, picked his Bobby spot... Bobby Sean that came any two from three? Well, yeah. But... Um, <laughs> But yeah, it was it was the one where he strode purposely forward for twenty yards and then knocked it into touch. Uh, uh, so so that we're not quite sharp enough on that. We uh, even with Jordan Pickford as part of that, you know, it doesn't always look quite right sometimes. And I think Scotland will be picking on that uh, and will be trying to play as much football as possible in the England half uh, and hoping to to hold them at bay, um, you know, with, with the defence at the other end. But. It, Scotland's got to hope it stays tight because they won't. Scotland won't score two or three. I don't think. I think if they get a goal or possibly two, they've got to make sure that's enough. The issue crosses. Scotland need to somehow try and get a foothold in the game. Mm. You'd expect England to dominate yeah. the ball for, for you know most of the possession. So that 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 leaves Scotland limited in terms of what they can create. And obviously, they're not a clinical team. Goals are an issue. So. Yeah, I'd start with Shadows. I thought he made a big difference when he yeah. came on half time. Mm. He's, a hand, he's a handful. So the issue will be can they not only can they create enough chances to win the game, but can they actually take them? Because you know, they're not gonna have bagfuls of chances. And they didn't do that, did they, uh, against the Czechs? And at this level you've got to you've got to put them away to to to, to and be clinical to win win a game. So that'd be my main concern yeah. if I was um, Steve Clark. Yeah, it'll the be atmosphere, interesting. Does the atmosphere have a bearing on tomorrow night? Because I think Scotland have officially three thousand tickets, don't they? I mean, let's you know, it'd be it'll be interesting to see what what happens. But does the atmosphere? I thought the atmosphere was terrific Sunday. You know, it's probably just refreshing to have fans back in. But does yeah. the atmosphere? You know, does that excite? Does that play a part tomorrow night? Well, if there was a full, if it was a full house and it was fifty fifty. Scotland, England fans, and it'd be a, it'd be a huge difference, wouldn't it? But mm. unfortunately, there's only going to be a couple of thousand Scottish fans in there. And we know how noisy they can be, obviously. But you'd expect the England fans to be to be at home and um, and be more boisterous. But um, depends how much drinks being taken, John. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Well, you're not having a drink beforehand, are you, Jesse? <laughs> I'm not. For once, I'm not because it's such a big game. I want to keep a clear head for this one. <laughs> right, let's go around the room. Jeremy, you think it's going to be England 3 0? Yes. Andy? I'll, I'll go 2 1 England. Matt? Yeah, I'm with Jess 3 0. Wow. I mean, right. you crossing? Well, I think it's going to be a nervous 2 1. Right. 
Yeah, to, to, no, uh, to England. Um, no, I, you know, yeah, I think it's going to be a very, very tight night, which won't help mm. for deadlines or nerves. But there you go. Um, oh yes, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. <laughs> I do want to look at the sort of the wider aspect of yeah. the of the of the tournament as well, because I don't know whether you noticed, but Wales won the Euros last night. Um, <laughs> or at least you thought. You, yeah. But far be it from me to be cynical. There are certain people calling it one of the, the greatest nights. <laughs> It'd be a very poor um, poor turkey team who, who frankly is showing us exactly why they're dark horses because yeah, they're not very good. Um but no, I, I thought you know, from, from you know from from watching large chunks of it, I have to say I thought Wales were terrific. But um uh you know the, 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 the I love the positive energy and the positive vibes, shall we say? But um, it'll be interesting, interesting to see. But yeah. should we should we brace ourselves for another for another world run to sort of the latter stages, guys? What do we think? No, yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think they're good enough. I think. Listen, they've done remarkably well so far. I think we all wrote them off, didn't we, on this show a week ago or so and before the tournament started and said they won't get out of the group. But now they're actually out of the group after two games. But um, I think I think ultimately that's as far as it's, it's going to go for Wales. I mean, Ramsey was sensational, I thought, actually, last night. Mm. He was really, really good. One of the best games I've ever seen him play. And obviously Bale's ball was great for the opening goal but I just think ultimately when they get to the last 16 or the quarterfinals that you, it's, it's top top quality teams and they'll get exposed so I think if you get to the last 16 hey, it's been a great tournament you know do well to qualify done wonderfully well to get out of the group and everything from now on is a bonus but I just think ultimately they were, there's no way they're going to get to the semi-final no chance mm-hmm. I mean the, 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 the issue I guess yesterday is, is it was quite Hard. It, was, it was a fantastic performance, brilliant. L- loved everything about it in terms of, like, you know, their, their passion. Loved it at the end with Bale in the middle of that circle, you know, given the, given the talk at the end. I thought Bale was fantastic. I think, you know, you look at it, just makes you, you know, go off on a tangent, Gareth Bale. You're thinking he's got a year left of his contract at Real Madrid. You know, he's going to tell everyone what he's doing. So at the end of these championships, you know, you, you do think that if you're a top Premier League team, you know, whether it be Spurs, whether it be Man United, you know, he, he was brilliant yesterday. He was absolutely, forget, okay, forget the penalty, but he was absolutely brilliant. You know, what other player would have the audacity to do what he did from the short corner, you know, late on? You, you know, twice he did him, what, what, yeah. once it, and once it resulted in that second goal. Absolutely brilliant. And as a start, if they go deep into the tournament, he could be player of the tournament. He's that good. The only reservation you have about Wales, you know, is that it's hard to, it was hard to fathom how Turkey actually didn't score from a set piece. You know, their vulnerability Wales at set pieces at corners, you know, the, the, the attacking team seemed to win every single corner. And you do think we all know, a bit of a cliche, how important set pieces are at major tournaments. And, and to me, that would be, that would be the biggest worry for Wales. But I don't think you can underestimate how far this sort of, uh, this, because this, you don't get, you don't get, deep into a tournament on mentality and mood and patriotism alone. But it helps when it's combined with the talent that Aaron Ramsey and Gareth Bale um, bring to that squad. You know, and, and, and don't forget Daniel James. I mean, okay, you know, there, there were moments in that game that sort of, sort of encapsulated him in a way, you know, lightning pace, you know, got past people and then the end product wasn't there. But even so, he was, I mean, how quick was he? I mean, you know, yeah, and, yeah. you know, I mean, a real danger. You can't underestimate 
how at a major tournament when 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 players have had long seasons and the tournament can been taking place in in intense heat as it was in apparently in Baku last night, you can't underestimate how frightening and how valuable pace is. And you know, and, and they've got pace. Um, so I, I, I'm a little bit more optimistic and more optimistic than Jeremy is that they can that they can they can go on another run. But you as you say, well, I mean, some I mean, more relatives, don't you? Well, I like Wales, you know. I'm sort of. I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can know, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah literally. So, so yes, but I played on a golf. Isn't there a, mo- isn't there a movement to kick you out? But there you go. Beautiful, uh, but, but, uh, but I have to say that I mean, I, there's like in Wales, and then and then I do have to say that it was. I had a mixture uh, yesterday because I was driving back. Um, from St. George's Park and then back in time to watch a bit of it on the TV. So listening to it on the radio and then watching oh. on TV. And yes, I mean, I, I get the idea that you have common, you know, players and ex-pundits, pundits, ex-players now who are, who have a, who have a, an interest, i.e. the Welsh, you know, but it was him. It was, it was rather him. It was rather, let, let's put it this way. In the old, old, old days of say, organisations like the BBC, Sort of, you know, having impartiality at the um, uh, uh, in the vanguard of their their policy. I, I, I think those days are long gone. On it, it's all about we us. You know, I blame yeah. Barry Davis. Remember when he went Barry Davis said, "Where the Germans? Who cares?" I think that's set the template now. We, we it's, 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 it's accepted, isn't it? The the basically commentary now is basically just patriotic and, and basically you want yeah. to win. I mean, no I one, think the BB, no one analyzed really, did they? The, the, you know, did no. Gareth Bale actually engineer the contact and, and was it was a gamesmanship for the penalty? No one, it was who went down holding his face later on. Uh, well, you know, I don't remember many people saying Michael Owen dived in some, to Nettie. And I, exactly, that's what I'm saying, Matt. It, 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 that that has been accepted. Then. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, England the same. Wait till we start the Olympics. I mean, wait till... No, the, I'm the, not the sure, Andy. I'm not sure. I might be. I might be. It's all about perception, obviously. But I, you know, listen. I'm at. I'm at the England game, so don't always uh, always see it. But I, I feel as if like the BBC last night. <laughs> come on, you've got to have some obje- objectivity. Yeah, get excited, enjoy the moment. But I'm totally with you. You've also got to have some objectivity. Yeah. And I think the BBC route is really interesting because I think they started this. With I don't know, it's interesting you said about Olympics coverage, but a lot of the athletic coverage, yes, they've got a yes. lot of you know. Oh. I tell you what, they've got a lot of former athletes doing athletics coverage, and it's embarrassing. They've had this for a few years, and it's like you know she's done this, or we, we've got to do this, or you know she's done this, or you know really proud of her. Hang on, you know you're supposed to be a journalist here. You know it's just embarrassing. You know it's kind of some of the some of the you know lack of objectivity in certain sports on the BBC is, is shocking. I think because you're right. You know there's two teams in the, in in that one. Yeah. I don't think there's as much rabble rousing about any of the other home nations as there is about is there is about Wales. I genuinely mean that. And I think mate, you know maybe you should sit back and enjoy it. Great. You know call it on and sort of say oh that's great and unashamedly you know impartial. But it's just like it's. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought it was a step too far. I just thought, oh, blimey, I've had enough yeah. of this. Basically, turned yeah. it over quickly. Yeah, it, and it, it, it's exactly. more impartiality. 
Yeah. Well, I know, but you know, and again, you know, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Some of the TV coverage, I think, has been has been has been interesting. I think there's been a little bit of laziness from some of the old established pundits about all kind of you know um, stereotypes, sort of stereotyping teams about how oh, they're tight in defence or they're you know good going forward. Come on, we need a bit more than that. I think I, I tell you, Gary Neville seems a bit. Um, I really like Gary Neville. I think he's terrific. Absolutely terrific on, on, on Sky. He's absolutely great. I don't know what you think, guys, but I think he strikes me as being a bit subdued, isn't he? Understated. Not quite his normal, vibrant mm. vocal self. I don't know. Maybe it's not. He probably knows what's not, coming, not doesn't he? Sorry? He probably knows what's coming further down the road. Yeah, may, maybe. But I think he's, he's absolutely top class. And he's just not, not, Have you not, ever cheered an England goal in a press so. box, Crossy? Sorry? Have you ever cheered an England goal in a press box? Oh look! I, I'll be perfectly honest. When it comes to England, I'm, I'm incredibly professional covering Premier League games. I like to think, or you Champions League games and, and what have you. But when it comes to England, I do think you can go that step further. Um, and basically, I'm desperate for England to win. I make absolutely no apology about that. I'm a big England fan. Wants them to do well. Want to see them succeed. But, but equally, you know, I think there's there's a line where you've still got to be objective. Yeah. So if basically someone dives or someone you know launches an X-rated tackle, you got to say so. You know, and it's just, and that that's the problem, isn't it? You know. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I, I was at a major sporting event where basically you know former drugs cheated one sort of one goal, and I got a ticking off in the mix zone for asking about the you know asking about the two basically. I mean, you know, that's from another journalist. Hang on. Yeah. You know, be mm. objective. Interesting show that, Jeremy. I, I, I like that call. When have you, we'd almost have that at some stage, can we? It's, it's like, you know, um, reminiscing of, of, of people cheering in, in press boxes. I reckon, Crossy, I was sat next to you when Trippier scored against Croatia. I think we might have cheered. I'm not sure. I cheered. Yeah. That's the only time. Yeah. I, or it might have been a quiet fist bump for me, I think, or yeah. a little fist bump, yeah. whatever. But I remember, so, yeah. Dunny, were you in the press box at Old Trafford when Beckham scored that goal against Greece? I was, mate. I've, I've told, I've told my, my computer plonked out. We actually applauded. See, see, I think that was, yeah. that was we applauded Beckham, if you remember. Embarrassing. There were several journalists on the feet, actually, when that goal went. Embarrassing. In. We applauded Beckham. Mind you, do you remember? <laughs> yeah, look, how about, who was in Shizuoka for um, Brazil, England, when David Seaman came into the mix zone? No. And, and, and Steve Howard booed him. <laughs> yes, I was. Thinking, I mean, David Seaman for that for that whole tournament. Bear in mind, old safe hands like you know. Uh, I mean, he wouldn't speak. I mean, he wouldn't speak to anyone during that whole tournament. You'd see him in the ho- in, in the hotel room, in the hotel corridor, whatever. You walk past. The Morning, David. He go. You're not getting me on that one. <laughs> just say good morning, pal. No comment. So anyway, and he hadn't spoken all tournaments. And then, of course, we get to Shizuoka. And we all know how the game goes. And, uh, and, and then, obviously, it gets to 1-1. And then Ronaldinho, he lets Ronaldinho's cross in, doesn't he? So, um, and obviously, Rondi then gets sent off. We can't, England can't come back. You know, Southgate famously saying, you know, Ericsson, we needed Winston Churchill. We've got Ian Duncan Smith, um, et cetera. And then Seaman, of course, who hasn't spoken the entire, hasn't even been coming through the mix zones for the entire tournament, decides to come into the mix zone, you know, to basically sort of, you know, do a bit of a mea culpa or whatever, please forgive me. And he's in tears. He's in tears. So, uh, you know, so Stephen Howe <laughs> starts booing him. 
Okay. Rob Shepard went to said, you know, was chastised. I thought he was you know, quite, you know, basically saying it's fantastic. Rob Shepard went I up to did, didn't scene. Mark Irwin. Mark Irwin from the Sun, who's basically got this reputation as being a little bit him boot him. Hard no, 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 sure no, 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 he can't him. I think yes, yes, he did comfort him. Yes, yes, don't worry, don't worry. Sam. You, you, you dropped us the World Cup, but like, don't worry, yeah. So, but, but it's, 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 really cheered him up, didn't it? I know, <laughs> but I mean, who are listen? I've seen England, I mean, I think there's, there's been a bit more sort of uh, in club press boxes, don't forget now. There, there are club employees, aren't there, who do their, yeah. who do their sort of stats and yeah. stuff, so they, they, they always cheer, but it's not too bad with England. I mean, let's face it, guys, we've known. We go around, you know, the, the, there are fans from other countries who are far more oh, partisan in press boxes than us, aren't they? Well, they yeah. were, they should. Remember the um, Columbia <laughs> game? Remember the Columbia game at the World Cup when we went yes. to the penalty shooter? I was actually, I felt like I was in the Colombian end of the press box and they were, that was really lively, that. The mm. Colombians were up and down, banging the fists on the desk, throwing the laptops up and down. It was like, Really made me feel patriotic when we won that shooting. Yes, mind you, I was in 2004. I was in the press box with Anthony Castronarchus when Greece won the European Championships. Oh, you can only imagine what that was like. I imagine. Oh, yeah. yeah, you could probably write a book on that. Look, I'm going to go around the room, and I'm going to get your 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 favourite team or your t- you know your tips so far. Who's impressed you the most? Who do you think is going to go on to win it, Matt? Who mm. do you think? Oh, glad you started with me because I can say Italy first, then before everyone else mm. does. Surely they've been the standout team so far. Um, I just, they, they they look very very strong. Um, so uh, whoever beats them, we're going to go a long way in the competition. So that that was mindset right. Um, it was good to see France arguing amongst themselves with Mbappe and Giroud. So there's hope that they'll implode yet um, to undermine their chances. But but no, it's, they just seem to be cruising through. And uh, thank you very much at the moment. Straight, you know, no, no wobbles at all. How long are you going to keep this Mbappe-Giroud argument going for? It was about 10 days ago, wasn't it? Or something? It's yeah, we're going, to, we're going to cling on to these straws. And blimey, blimey. And, and, and ends up with like, like the Dutch with half the team going home and... You, you've got to hope for this amongst the better teams in the competition. Yeah, you, you have yeah. a chance. I mean, as Patrick hinted at yesterday, um, you know, Italy have been have been good, but they've beaten no one. You know, you know, we all agreed that Turkey have been the duds of the tournament so far, and you know, certainly, certainly Switzerland. You know, no great shakes. They should have beaten Wales. They didn't. Um, we'll see how it's going against the might of Wales. Um, France for me. I mean, France. I mean, you know, you can't. I mean, France. When you say they've, if they've beaten, you know, teams they didn't expect to be. France taking care of Germany with, you know, in in basically in second or third gear. I just every time I look at that team, every time I look at that squad, I just can't see. I mean, it, I, I think the tournament. I mean, it sounds it's a bit cold, but I think that the tournament is pretty much theirs to lose. I think they are they are quite. You know, as I, I'm not a betting man, as you well know, but you know, I think you can still get four to one France to win a tournament. I still think that only you know half a point or a point, as in better nods, shorter than England, and that's just ridiculous. You know, I, I think they are the outstanding squad in the tournament. And because I didn't think Germany played that that poorly actually in, in, in that game, they were a little bit better than, than I thought they would be. And um, and France for me in, in the one game they've impressed me. That they've cemented my my view that that that, that along with Belgium, 
they'll be the two teams to beat. You know, Belgium might tip it initially, and I've seen them, you know, but I haven't seen France take care of Germany. I now think France probably. Mm. Uh, I'm going with the dandy there. I think, yeah, Italy have been great. You know, no one really talked about them, did they, before the tournament started? And yeah. very, very, very good so far. But, you know, I'd, I'd be interested to see how they came, did against the, the top, top class side. So I think France will get better as the tournament goes on. Um, and I can't see beyond them, really. I think they're more streetwise than Belgium. So I think that's what gives them the edge over Belgium. But Portugal, yeah. you know, they've got a great squad as well and they've started brightly, but um, I just think France have got just the most quality of any group of players in the tournament. Yeah, I agree. I think France are absolutely the standout. I just love yeah. them. We've only seen Belgium, Belgium once, they did yeah. what they had to do. Wow. And, yeah. and obviously we'll see Belgium again. Is it, is it today about Belgium? Denmark, yeah. in, uh, so yeah. they've got the um, Bruyne to come back, haven't they? Exactly. Yeah. You, you know, I, and I do that. They were. I, I've backed Belgium, and, and and I thought pre-tournament they'd win, but I just, I just like the way France took care of Germany the other day, and, and that's why I think they are the team to beat. And they have also yeah. France know how to win a major tournament. Yeah, so. yeah. Pogba's passed the other night, by the way. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> almost. I mean, I can tell he's passed last night. Blimey. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, ahead, ahead of the goal. But plus, plus Bale's pass, of course. Yeah. yeah. Bale's two, three passes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some great just, just very quick, well. I'm just going to chuck one at you. Who's, win, who's winning the... T- who's winning the... Just while we... I thought it was good to hear discussion. Who's winning the TV at the moment? I, it's just funny enough. I've, you know, seen a lot of the coverage. I thought Jonathan Pierce. you know, his, his commentary typically brilliant and sort of, you know, good on, on Saturday in difficult circumstances. He's excellent. I must say, I do, do, do think that Sam Matter facing Lee Dixon, nice, nice, nice combo. Um, they, they rub, you know, rub each other off each other quite well. Um, I know Clive Tilsley and Alan McCoy is getting a lot of love on, on sort of social media. The one thing that sort of really stood out for me is getting a lot of criticism the post match interviews, you know, kind of just not, you know, maybe not. Not not well, not naming. Sterling, I think Gabriel Clark is 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 is, is outstanding. That's been for years, you know, yeah. sort of thing, really. But I don't know. It's it's what do we what do we think of the coverage so far, guys? What about the King Vieira combo? <laughs> yeah, yeah, haven't had a proper old ding dong yet. Yeah, no, you want you that know? to happen, though. You want them to have a spot. Yeah, spat. you do. I watched a rerun actually. That talking to Gabriel Clark, I watched a rerun the other night of that documentary did when he got them together. And I was asking him about it. It's just a great program, that. It's great viewing to hear those two sort of mm. chipping at each yeah. other. And there's obviously a a mutual respect between them from the fact that they were both wonderful players and rivals. But um, mm. you want to see a bit... I'd, I want to see them be a bit more edgy with each other on, on the screen just to get things warmed up a bit. I haven't seen... I, I, I probably haven't seen it enough, to be honest with you. I, I mean, I did see Nigel de Jong got on, which I thought was excellent the other day. Yes, yes. Very good. I, I, I like Cesc Fabregas. I, I, I like... Yeah. Um, no, it's interesting. I haven't seen, you know, I, I've listened to her on radio. And obviously, uh, Ali McQuist and Clive Tulsi are getting a lot of love. It's, it's, all, it's all generally very good. I'm not, I'm not overly enamoured with, 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 with... And I love BBC Five Lives coverage. I really do. But I think I'm fed up with England players singing now. Mm. Singing. singing, yeah, you know they get them to sing. Um, uh, um, yeah, I mean, each to his own. But, but on, yeah. on the flip side of the Radio Five Lives coverage, I think Austria against North Macedonia was as we were coming away from Wembley, wasn't it? On on Sunday, and yeah. 
fair play, I think it was Ian Dennis and Chris Sutton. They've clearly done their homework. They've been handed, you know, an hour and a half to talk about Austria and North Macedonia. And there's no patch. They've, they've clearly, you know, dug into yeah. and done their background research. So actually, what you think should be dead radio time and why on earth would we pay a license fee for this? You know, with, with all due respect to those with Austria or North Macedonian heritage in this country, it was actually quite engaging listening in the end. And, and fair credit to them because to make those teams to sound interesting, it is the challenge. You know, we can all spout on about England. Uh, you know, yeah. Scotland and Wales, yeah. but, uh, but no, and I think, and it does show up some of the TV pundits who don't do their research and are just given the gig to fill in five minutes yeah. and a half time and are found wanting. And you think no fair play to them all? I've actually yeah, said, it winds me up some of, some of some of the coverage, some of the media coverage about guessing on radio and TV about what Southgate might do and what this, that, and the other about England. You know. I don't know. I don't know. Just what? Just you know. You know. I think. I think you're right. I think it, 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 John Murray has this wonderful voice, doesn't he? Absolutely wonderful voice. It and kind a tone of, you know. Well. Nice tone. Yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. I've Ian Dennis, Deno, Ian Dennis, Deno, Deno, uh, journalist. I must I've seen Denno. We're all mates with Denno, obviously, but I've seen Denno in action when he actually prepares for a game, and he's got reams and reams and reams of notes yeah. and homework on every single player. Every single result they've had in the in the history of football, it must take him hours to prepare for a game, and I think that comes comes through in his um, in his commentary. He's a great commentator, Deno, and very knowledgeable, and uh, he's always worth listening to. But you, people don't really appreciate what the work that go they put into mm. preparing for a game. No, no, I think Emma Saunders presents presents well. Very good, very good, very very good, but. Um... <laughs> Um, right, guys. Right, finally. Um, uh, uh, you know, sorry to keep you waiting on the and on the uh, finally. Come on, England favourite, England v uh, Scotland moments of the past. Well, uh, can I go first? Yeah, yeah. it's not a mo- well. I was going to refer to the um, the Lee Griffiths game because we touched on that last last time. Yeah, two wonderful free kicks and the reaction of the. No, Dunny talked about the. Yeah, uh, that's mine. You have a, my, I'm, Scotland, I'm my Scott favourite Scotland moment. Doesn't refer to a game. It refers back to a Scottish journalist who shall remain nameless. Dunny, Crossy, I think you were both there. That infamous night in St. Peter's. Evening. I think it was. We got to the quarterfinals of the World Cup. We were having a nice, pleasant, quiet Stupid. meal in, in St. Petersburg and a few beers. And we, I stumbled on a um, an old friend of ours who works up up, up north of the border. One of the papers up there, and he. Let's just say it was a little bit worse for wear that night. Yeah. And uh, he came and joined us, had a drink, um, regaled us with stories that he could speak fluent Russian. So when Andy wanted a bottle of wine and couldn't work out how to um, pronounce it or ask for it in Russian, we got the waitress over and uh, asked this guy to um, you know, do his things, order a bottle of wine in Russian. So he looked at the menu, pointed to the bottle of wine and just said, white wine ski. Fluent, love it. International language. It's like the international language. Pen pretends, but yeah, pen and paper, isn't it, for the bill? It was fluent. It was absolutely. We still laugh about that, even though three years later, it's all one of the funniest moments. Yeah, I can't top that. Otherwise, it's a hospital pass, Andy. No, but I haven't got one. Seriously, I forgot. I actually forgot. I'm repeating myself because 
because the Harry Kane equaliser up at Hamden was, was, was my favourite moments when, when, when as, as I say, that, that iconic picture of a, of a half bottle of scotch being thrown towards the celebrating England players. I just thought that is just, just brilliant. Such a caricature, but just so good. The atmosphere is so brilliant. The atmosphere before the game. You know, I mean, belting out the songs before the game. I mean, it's just fantastic. And and we'll have that on, on, on Friday. It'll be great. You, you know, I, I can't remember what songs, three songs the Scottish FA have chosen, but certainly one of them will be... The Pretenders. Uh, will be will the, the, the Pretenders, the Proclaimers. Um, and, <laughs> pretenders, not brass in pocket. Brass in pocket. I've got brass in pocket and I'm not going to spend it. <laughs> I've got to brush my earphones. Well, carry on, Matt. That's why I reconnect. Well, um, here's a quiz question for you because you've all seen it. We all know that Gaza was there in the dentist chair celebration. Who was squirting the bottle in his mouth? Was it Teddy Sheringham? Darren Anderson. Mary Poppins. Alan Shearer. I watched it again and thought for a man who was such a goody two-shoes, interesting that he was there. But that's always going to be the iconic moment for an Englishman, isn't it? That was God, Garrett. Um, and that's a free hit. But, but it was, I was doing a bit of research on... Just on, stayed in, didn't he? Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I was doing a bit of research on the very first encounter, uh, 1872, and uh, if, if it all says that we don't know what we're talking about with football and results and predictions... Um, England played with um, Scotland. Sorry, played with two fullbacks, two halfbacks, and six forwards. Uh, and England played with one halfback, um, one fullback, and eight forwards. And the final score was nil-nil. So we can talk about formations all we like. And at the end of the game, it's all about players getting the ball in the back of the net. Uh, and it, uh, yeah. And apparently, according to reports at the time, the Scots at the time when you needed three players between you and the ball. With England only playing with two defenders, the Scots were struggling to realise why it was that uh, they kept getting caught offside. But uh, but yeah, hopefully it'll be a better game tomorrow uh, tomorrow night and uh, get a few more goals. Mm, right. Yeah, brilliant. Let's hope, guys. Let's hope. So no, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks very much indeed, and uh, thanks for your time, thanks for everyone um, for watching and listening. Really. So uh, yeah, bring on the Battle of Britain, as we say. But no, thanks so much for joining. See you next week. 